Maybe today's the day I break 80 Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading No OB and no bogeys I gotta keep it on the 80, it's the gold Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy So punch out the rough and tune to break 80 Break 80 This is episode 18 of the Break 80 podcast in the week where we get the least amount of sleep of the year. Cannot wait. Uh, Stouts here and joined by Lynx Golf Enthusiast, Short Side Mike, as Tim is uh, currently traveling. Bittersweet week. Uh, last of the majors is upon us. It's the Open Championship 150th edition at the Old Course of St. Andrews. Mike, are you ready for this historical week? Oh, God. You know, some people like the, I, I can see what people like Augusta the best. You know, the Masters and some people like the U.S. Open and the, the PGA is just kind of the, you know, the black sheep of the family. But for me, it's always been the Open because, well, at least it's an adult because I can get up at four in the morning or whatever it is. I got to make sure I make a run to the liquor store this week. So I get some uh, get some Irish cream for the coffee, get it ready to roll go. Uh, and just have coffee golf. Morning golf is the best. I love it. Um, there's also when it comes to gambling, there's the, it's the best one for gambling because there's all usually on like Bovada and stuff. There's all kinds of, you can parlay groups. You can pick the winner of every group and parlay them together, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, I'm stoked. Love the, love the open championship. Yep. And I just can't wait to watch that first guy get in the pot bunker. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets out of it. So well, our agenda is going to be break down the open championship from the course to um, Mike. We're lucky enough to have actually experience it. So he's going to deep dive into his experience at the old course. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, the Scottish Open. Actually, a little bit of the Scottish Open, not much. We're gonna we're just gonna touch on that a little bit, and then uh, we'll make our picks. We've got three picks per person to make today, and just I don't know, all around talk about the fun week of golf that lies ahead. So we're super excited. Um, let's start by just I'm I'm gonna give a little bit of background information about the old course, and and then we'll let Mike kind of take it from there and, and and share some of the things that he was able to experience when he went over there. So the old course. Uh, you know, I'll give it a brief description here. It's the oldest and most iconic course in the world. Uh, maybe one of the coolest things about it is it's public. Um, as we know, as Mike was able to play it, anyone can play it. You got to maybe have a little luck involved and Mike will get into that. Um, it's where golf was first invented more than 600 years ago. So I mean, we're talking about an historical uh, venue to, um, this week, par 72, 7,300 yards. And we'll talk about, even though it says that number, it's going to play a lot shorter than that. Um, some of the, some of the cool things about it, it's got the Silicon bridge on 18 where many legends have walked across trying to win that open, including guys like Bob Martin, J H Taylor, who I wanted to really explain on this one today. I'm going to give J H a big shout out. And the reason why he's a two-time winner there, but he also is a legend in my book because he's the first player to break 80 at the old course. During a so, tournament, during a tournament, during, during a tournament. Yep. Yep. So, um, Alan Robertson. Uh, is the first person to ever break 80 at the old course. Which okay, is- so okay, so okay, there you go. So who, what was his name? Robertson, Alan Robertson or uh, as I like to call, you know, the Open Championship, or I like to call it uh, Alan Robertson died. And now we need to read it. Now we need to find out who's the best golfer in the world. 
Okay. So when Alan, when Allen <laughs> Robertson died, that's when they created the open championship because Allen Robertson was the best player in the world. And he died uh, like suddenly at like age 43 or something in 1859. And he had just broken 80 on the old course, like three months before that. He was the first person to ever do it. Uh, and then he died. So they got together and like, shit, we got to figure out who the best, <laughs> we got we to gotta figure out who the best player is. So that's how the open championship. That's crazy. Is because he died and they're like, we got to figure out who the best damn golfer is now. How are we going to do this? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then we got James Braid, Bobby Jones, Sam Sneed, Jack Nicholas, Seve, Nick Faldo, and of course, uh, you know, Tiger Woods. So, don't forget uh, you Tim know, guy, John I, Daly. Tim's got John Daly. John Daly. Daly. Okay. Yep. Yep. Johnny Daly. I, you know, I don't know. He's, yeah, I guess he's iconic in his own way. <laughs> um, another, you know, cool feature. They've got the hell bunker that awaits at hole 14. So hopefully, you know, we get uh, some, some good footage of that this week, but with all that being said, you know, Mike, you know, got to experience it. He got, has, you know, from hole to hole kind of knows and, and his thoughts and, and insights um, so we're going to kind of let him take it from here and, and just share some of the things that he experienced when he was over there from the likes of playing the course to where you stay by the course to how you get on the course to all sorts of things. So Mike, we do have some questions for you uh, at some point too, that we want to intermix. I've got some listeners that wanted to, uh, to ask you some things. So, all right, the mic is yours. Um, yeah, I, let's see, I played the old course in 2016 just by pure chance had no plans to play it at all um we were over there i was there with my well girlfriend at the time now fiance <laughs> it's a whole other story why that was six years ago we're still not married yet but <laughs> <laughs> anyway um uh and we let's see we flew into dublin in august of 2016 and then and then from dublin we flew to glasgow and drove over to st andrews the first night we were there so the, my first day on this like 10-day trip around Scotland and England and Ireland was the first evening was in St. Andrews. And the funny thing is um, when we were going through, you know, setting up this trip and where to stay and all that shit, you know, we really didn't have too much of an itinerary and kind of fly by the seat of our pants. The only hotel room I had booked for the whole trip was the Dunvegan, the famous bar, uh, right? This, I mean, it's like less than a hundred yards off the 18th green. And the funny thing is, is I saw on the golf channel, I was just watching something. I think it was because in 2015, the open was there. So during open week, you know, they always show all the stuff about St. Andrews and, and a lady from Texas and her husband, they were the owners of the Dunvegan. So I just by chance emailed they, them and said, Hey, I'm going to be coming in August of 2016. You know, this is some, this was probably that spring or something. Um, you know, I'm coming in a few months, you, but I'm sure you're, I'm sure you don't have any rooms because they have like four rooms on top of the bar. I'm sure you're full, but just thought I'd throw it out there. And she replied, no, wait, we got a room. You can stay here. And I was like, no way. <laughs> that's like, just, yeah, that's meant like, to be. I was like, what? So then I'm like, okay, do you want a what credit card number? She's like, no, I'll just take your name. You're, it'll be reserved. I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is going to be taken by the time we get there or something. Cause they didn't <laughs> take any credit card or anything, but, um, we made our way to St. Andrews. Uh, we got there in the evening, which is a pretty cool time to be there. Uh, because as most listeners probably know, it is the epitome of public golf because it's not just a golf course. It is a park. There are people out there walking dogs. Um, they close the golf course down on Sundays. 
It's just a public park. People, people will like, I've seen pictures on the internet. People are having a picnic in like the hell bunker and they're sitting in there with like, you know, Oh yeah. Sitting in bunkers with like blankets and walking dogs everywhere. Um, so it's very open to the public. Um, and that's one of the cool uh, things about it, but we were, I had zero intent to play it. I, I thought there's no way I'm playing this. I didn't bring clubs. Um, and we'll get into how to get on in a second, but so we were just out there at night walking around, um, basically because I talked to my lady and we got to go to St. Anderson and at least see it. Yeah, for uh, sure. You know, Cause then we get, you know, golf fanatics should go at least once in their life. So we walked around, um, took some pictures and all that, and then went to the Dunvegan and just sat at the bar and drank, you know, for the yep. evening. And I'm sitting there talking to the, um, the uh, bartender, these college kids, and the whole place is golf. I mean, it, it's just wall to wall adorned with pictures of people who have played the old course. And that's all it is, is golf. Everybody's basically in there because they've played that day or are going to play the next day. Um, it's like the best, you know, golf bar in the world. And we're talking to the bartender, these college kids, and we kind of started talking about how it is unbelievably cheap if you live over there to play there. It's amazing. Um he was like, yeah, I'm a college student, so I can be a member at St. Andrews for 200 pounds, which is like at the time, like 250 bucks. And we're not talking yeah. just the old course. We're talking all seven golf courses. Um, so that's kind of a really just shocked me. I, I wasn't at the time. I didn't really realize how cheap um, the golf was there. And even today, if you look, I believe if you are, I posted on Instagram there, if you are a resident of St. Andrews, you could be a member for like $400 and you get all seven courses, including the old course. Now, obviously the old course is tougher to get on. You can't like play the old course every day, but if you remember, you can get on there somewhat regularly, uh, but they got the new course and the Eden and the Jubilee and the castle course. And they got, there's a, there's like seven of them there, six or seven. But um, you know, you think about that. I played North Fork today and I looked, a membership is like two grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, you know, you could, so for one fifth of that, you can be a member at St. Andrews if you live there, which is just insane to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're sitting at the bar and the guy goes, well, you must be playing tomorrow. Huh? You're talking golf. I'm like, no, I don't have any clubs. I, I'm not playing. I'm, I'm just here, you know, cause I, I love golf and I want to see it. He's like, well, you can sleep outside and get on. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, people start, people go out there and they sleep overnight and then they let on, you know, anywhere between like six and 15 people uh you know for open tea spots i was like really um because normally you have to either there's a couple ways to get on you can book a tea time a year and a half probably in advance um unless you go through these companies which will get you on some of them or there's a lottery you can get in the lottery 48 hours uh ahead of the time you would get on there's like usually about a 25 percent chance they say that you'll get in yeah uh, through the lottery well i was there for one day we were leaving the next day so and i'm gonna be honest when you reject you if i know you when the guy says you could your head is spinning you're oh, yeah. trying to think about how can i pull this off so I, if I, you're not just gonna take that information and do nothing with it so i'm like six seven beers deep sitting there at the bar yeah. and i'm looking at my, at my girlfriend like shit do i bail on you the first night we're here and I go to the bartender, I go, hey, do you think she would, the lady that owns this place would care if I brought, brought the duvet cover and a pillow down there? He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, hell no, people do it all the time. I was like, no way. I'm like, all right. 
What time do what time do they get out there? He goes, well, usually it's like two or three in the morning, but this year it's been a little earlier, like one o'clock. I said, all right, I'm going out there at midnight. So I go, so we drank for a while and I go upstairs and grab a blanket and uh, a pillow and just head down there to the, you know, it's only like a hundred and some yards to the starter, the starter house thing. And I'm second in line. I'm the second one there behind some guy from Texas. So yeah, I slept outside on the concrete for six hours or so I just laid there kind of <laughs> uh, because at like 6 a.m they open everything up and the shitty part about it is I had messed up my back <laughs> like a week before that like I could barely bend over we'll talk about that when I get to the first tee here in a second but uh I'm sleeping laying on the concrete out there, yeah and I got a couple hours of sleep um but like by about 4 a.m 3 a.m maybe um, it starts to fill up pretty good. And it's a really cool scene uh, because they open at 6 a.m. And I mean, you're talking by 5 a.m. There's probably 100 people out there from all over the world. Ask, how, how many you roll? You roll about 100 deep and probably, and most- but it's from all over the world. You know, you're, there's people from everywhere that are there. It's not just like America and Europe, it's yeah. from Asia and all over the place. Um, so you're just, bu- so you're just bullshitting about golf people. You know, I'm not laying down anymore. I'm just roaming around but, talking golf. If you're the, but if you're the hundredth person, like, honestly, what is your actual chance of getting on zero? zero. Okay, I don't even know why. I don't even know okay, why. That's what, okay. Yeah. At that point, I don't know what people are doing and maybe they just don't know, you know, I don't know, yeah. but there was probably shit, probably a hundred people. I mean, 50 to hundred people. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is, is there's no line. Everybody just knows who's first, who's second. Uh, so that six o'clock, they open the door and they just say, who's first. And the guy goes in um, and then they go, who's second? That's my turn. So I go in there uh, and you're supposed to have a handicap better than 36. They ask what your handicap is, <laughs> okay. blah, blah, blah. And apparently that's, that rule is complete bullshit because one of the caddies was saying that some guy had to buy a dozen new golf balls at the turn or something at, at Carnoustie. He was telling him the other day that he was now playing the old course of shooting a billion. So because that, at the old course, there is no real turn. There's nothing out there. You just go out. You don't. What can you even lose? Your, you got the burn there, but how else are you losing your ball? Yeah, you can lose your ball by hitting it right a lot. Okay. When we get to the golf course, I'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, it's tough to lose a ball. The gorse bushes. But anyway, so you're supposed to be of a decent golfer to get on. But you go in there and they just show you the tee sheet and they say, here's the openings. Uh, you know, you got an opening here. When do you want here, here and here? When do you want to play? I said, uh, I think it was like 11 o'clock I took or something. I actually played with the first guy, the Texas guy that was first in line. There was a two-some opening, and we ended up, so we ended up getting paired with a husband and his wife from Scotland somewhere. Um, nice. But it was 11 o'clock, so I could actually go back to vegan for a little bit, get a little sleep in the hotel room, and then come back out. Um, but I had to rent clubs. I didn't have any clubs. Um, and I think all in, if I remember right, uh, the prices, the rates have went up a little bit now. I want to say with clubs and the clubs and in green fee, there's obviously caddies and all that stuff too. But the clubs and green fee was like under 300 bucks. It was, it was, it was, you know, really reasonable when you consider what we pay in the United States to play golf. You know, and from um, what I've heard, from I've heard the old course too. Like it, like comparative to all and some other Scotland places is like relatively pretty dang cheap. Yeah, the newer when you think about yeah, this is the this is the old course. This is where everybody knows this one, but it's not it's not near the top of the you know expensive list on yeah, yeah, on golf yeah, courses yeah. out there. No shit, they've been walking around there in like the 12th century. Yeah, <laughs> but um, 
yeah so i got on um and then you get you get to the first tee and you know it's people will call it a spiritual experience or magical and it, it really is it's 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 unlike anything it's i can remember you're almost nervous but for really no reason the first tee shot's like the easiest tee shot ever you can hit an iron yeah. like you can hit iron left 100 yards if you want to and still be in the fairway so tim and i would be just fine <laughs> yeah left is a, is just the 18 fairway they share a fairway and we'll get into the holes here in a little bit but um but you got a bunch of people watching you know because everybody's there's people out there all over the place tourists and stuff and uh and the, I remember the funny thing is, is hole one has a walking path that goes right across the fairway. And there's people walking their dogs across there and the caddies are yelling at them to get moving and get out of the way. And it's just a wild scene because yeah. it's a public park. Um, but yeah, getting on, it was, uh, it was, I guess the easiest way is to go and sleep outside. If you're, you know, if you're willing to do it and sleep out there early enough, you could get on. You or can. you have to be like, it sounds like you have to be like, you're super, you have to be super like, you know, well in advance, knowing everything you're going to do when you're going to do it. Like, that's really hard to know. Like if you're, if you're going to be booking a year and a half in advance, like you have to have all your ducks in a row, where you're going, where you're staying. So that's really hard to do. So yeah, I mean, on a whim, I mean, yeah, going through the company obviously is the easiest because they have ones reserved, but without going, you can get in the lottery. Um, If you're going to be there for like three or four days around St. Andrews, you could get in the lottery and get on one day for almost, almost for sure. You would get in. Um, Cause you know, a lot of people like Edinburgh is like 45 minutes away. So you could theoretically get in the lottery and just go back to where you're, you know, messing around at. But um, yeah, I mean, sleeping outside shit. I think if you want to go out there and then the night before you'd probably get on um, if you're willing to sleep out there all night long, which a lot of people are, if you, you know, if you told most golfers, I think who are obsessed golfers, like a lot of us are. And they said, well, if you went out there at, would you be willing to play the Oakers if you had to sleep out there at like 9 p.m. the night before? Most would say, of course, you know, yeah. and you and you can, you can do it. Um, but yeah, so getting on was quite the experience. Um, so where'd your first tee shot go? That's what I want to so, know. So here's the, here's the kicker to this. So I had a messed up back and it was bad. I don't know what happened, but the funny thing is, is when we, we flew into Dublin, Ireland, because uh, we were able to get a cheaper flight with one layover in Dublin or we had like a five or six hour layover in Dublin that day. And my back was so bad. I could hardly walk around and I've never been one for like chiropractors. I think so. I'm like, we got, we got to do something about this. I can't walk for 10 days around like this. So I found some chiropractor guy, guy who would take like 50 bucks cash in this basement of some old (laughs) of some buildings like the 1400s. And you get in there and he looked like Austin Powers. And I'm, I'm not even, and I'm not even making this up. There's, I'm not embellishing this at all. He was a kind of a slender dude. He had like tight jeans on, and like some boots and like a flowery kind of shirt with the yes. collar open. And he go, he was showing me how flexible he was. He's like 57 years old, and I'm like, I make you Randy, baby. He's like, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. I'm like, yeah. I don't care, man. Just anything will help me if you can do. I don't even know if this will work. I don't even know if I believe in this stuff. But just try it, please. <laughs> He's like, well, you're going to do this and this and this. I'm like, I don't care. Just fr- crack my back so I can get on this yeah. next plane over to Scotland. So, so I did that. So we're on the first tee, and my back is still not good. Um, I could barely put the ball on the tee. But thankfully, I had one Vicodin that was like, 
I don't even know how old it was. It's expired by a long time. I'm sure ahead of something, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm like, I'm like, if, uh, if anything is worth a Vicodin try, if that's expired and old, that's the old course is. So I popped that Vicodin and a few holes in, I felt fine. It was amazing. It was like a miracle. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, let's see hole one. I hit an iron, um, in the fairway. You really can't miss the fairway unless you hit it out of bounds. Right. Um, and then the second shot, you know, hole one is really easy. Um, we can, we can start going through the golf course right now if we want to. Um, and hole one is, is not hard. It's like 375 yards. And the crazy thing about the old course is there aren't like tee boxes. You know, there's not like a, yeah like a red, a red, white, green, all the way back. It's like, basically there's one set for the men and one set for the women. And you just play wherever they put you that day. So I can't remember exactly how far it played. You know, the, the scorecard here I got in front of me. It's like seven, 67 or 68, maybe it says, 67. It says 376 um, from the white tee on the scorecard. So that's roughly, you know, I hit an iron and hit a wedge. Yeah. Now, the one thing when we're going through this for my story, everybody should know is I played on the nicest day possible. Um, these cat, these old crusty caddies who are awesome who know every inch of that place were like, this is the nicest day in my 30 years caddy. And, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm like, fuck this. I wanted win. You want the nasty. I wanted the nasty. I wanted the things yep. you see on TV during the open. And I'm like, and it's like 75 and sunny and no win. So, um, on one, I hit a wedge and the crazy thing is the burn is right there on the front of that green. So I hit a wedge, it spun back. I remember putting or chipping maybe a little bit. And my back foot was basically in the burn almost. I was like right on okay. the edge. I was like right on the edge of it. Um, and I made, well, look at the scorecard. Made par, made par one. Nice. I, made, I parred one. So um, I think, I think, you know, like going hole through hole, that hole is easy. Um, it is. I, I think for the pros, it's actually harder downwind especially with a front pin, you know, because uh, most of them hit iron off the tee, unless it's howling in their face. Cause the burn is like 300 and something, you know, 310 or something like that up there. It kind of meanders a little bit. It, it's shorter on the right side than it is up by the green. It's yeah. closer. Like Colin Montgomery hit in at the one year when he was like in the lead or something, the final round. So you can, can you get carry it. that. Can, can you carry Can like Rory carry that if it's downwind and like Maybe. take that out of play? There's, but they, they won't, I don't think they'll try it. Cause there's nothing, there's nothing up there, you know, right around the green is this, there's like fescue and stuff What's behind so, it. Seven, 17, but there's fescue okay. in between. There's fescue. Okay. In between them. Um, so I think, I think the hardest thing on one is if it's downwind and a front pin, because now you're, you've laid up with an iron off the tee and you're trying now to figure out, you know, cause those guys, those guys want a birdie hole one. Cause it's, it's yeah. a birdie hole. It's a birdie hole. And if it's downwind, you got to figure out what that wind's going to do the ball. And you got to take on the burn a little bit, you know, and let the wind carry it over to the front pin. Um, so that's, I think, a hard pin if it's downwind, you know, other than that, I mean, that hole, it could be, if it's into a, if they get a 30 mile wind in their face, it could be driver mid iron, you know, it, it could well, be. Justin Thomas went driver six iron and hold it his first yeah. time playing it yeah so that tells you right there wind in your face your driver six iron for a very yeah, long I think, player i think the you know the old course that is the the beauty of the old course and i've played it one time and i don't i think you would have to i don't know if anybody ever fully comprehends everything out there you would have to play it a lot to really 
uh, figure it out. And, and, and it's like, like hole two, um, which I look at the scorecard, which I double bogeyed, um, hole two, um, you know, there are bunkers there that the pros one day, like this week, I think, I think on Thursday, Friday, they're supposed to get like a West or a West Northwest win. Then for the weekend, it's supposed to change, I think. So there's, that's the, that's kind of the beauty of a lot of these holes out there is one day the bunkers aren't in play at all on some holes. You'll fly it over by 50 yards. And then the next day, if the wind is different, they are right there and they're in play for a lot and they eat up a lot of golf balls because they, you know, everything slopes into them. Um, and, and it's like a, it's like a water drain, basically everything, anything rolling that way goes into them. Um, so that's, that's the beauty I think of the architecture of the old course, even though, you know, I think American golf, people like to be up on that high tee box where visually you see everything yeah. you, you don't at the old course, you know, like the like hole two, you know, you walk off the first green, you go right over to the second tee box and it's so flat. You, you can't even see bunkers that are down there. You know, there's bunkers down there and you, you don't even know that if, if you were out there for the first time and you had nobody there with you, you would just, you would have no idea what's out there. Is there, is there sight lines like behind the hole? Like, can you say this, uh, you know, elect electrical pole or, you know, something to actually like look at. Not, re not really. There's not, there's, there's, there's not much out there. Just the water. The first so your caddy has to be pretty legit. And that's caddies, okay. are, the caddies are good. Um, and, and we'll go through some of the holes here. I won't go in depth on every single one. But when you're coming back in towards the town, they'll use like buildings to aim off of, you know, like the, okay. steeple, the steeple of this. And, and but uh, going out, um, going out, you you don't necessarily have that. But um, one, you know, the, the easiest part of the golf course is like seven through 13. Um, so one through six is difficult. And then the hardest part is obviously the finish, you know, 13 coming in, except for 18. But um, anyway, yeah, one's awesome, you know. One's got to be the best tee shot in golf, right? I don't know anywhere else. You know, you're on the first tee. They got people watching. You got the RNA building right behind you. You know, it's like literally right there behind you as you're teeing off, uh, which you can't go in, by the way. They don't let you. Um, they don't have the guy sitting there on the first tee. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Elber, like, Elber, I, Elber, Elber, what his name is Elber Robson. Or yes, that guy is iconic. I would love that guy. USA. <laughs> yes, that guy. <laughs> Short sighted golf. <laughs> um, Instagram handle short side of golf. Yeah, as I'm barely able to bend over my ball until my back <laughs> so fucked up. No, so yeah, I think you know it's probably the best tee shot in golf. And the, and the cool thing about it is it's easy tee shot. It's like yeah, you just you just hit you just hit an iron out there or something, you know, three wood or whatever, and you just get it in play basically. But um, pretty cool. Uh, hole two is a hard golf hole, and um, it's like. 450 yards for the pros, I think. And that's where you turn. So they, they you know, one and 18 run one direction. Yeah. And then the rest of the golf course, except for like nine runs, basically the opposite. It goes out towards the water. I think it heads kind of like Northwest or something, but um, two turns. And once you hit two, now you play seven holes in a row with shared greens and they always equal 18. So two, play, two is paired with 16, three is with 15. They, oh, nice. always, they always equal 18. So you always know what green you're sharing. Um, and two is like 450 yards. And once you turn, the golf course basically becomes a left miss golf course. 
because right is out of bounds along the whole thing. Actually, the whole golf course. One one is out of bounds right. There's, there is no OB left on the entire golf course. It's all right because it all it kind of just folds on itself. Um, so the caddies will be like, well, just take this iron and and you know hit, miss hit it left or well, actually that was after hole too because I had these rental clubs. Yeah, I had Callaways. They're good rental clubs, but they're like. It was a stiff shaft, but it was really whippy. So I on two took the driver, of course, and just yanked a just massive hook left into the fescue somewhere. And then um, hole two, um, the whole left side up by the green is kind of crazy. There's a bunch of big slopes and mounds. So it's like you get over there and then you're trying to come in over that stuff. And I can't remember why, how I double bogeyed it, but I did. Um, Anyway, uh, uh, I think that's another part of the absolute, absolute, like greatness of the the design of the old course, and that is since OB is right on every hole, and left is you know the safe side side. If you come in on the right side of all these, if you if you can if you can tee it up. And, and keep it right off the tee and challenge the OB a little bit. Yeah. You have bet you have better angles in all the time. Cause these, these, so flirt with me, flirt with me. But if you miss, yes, they're these huge double greens, you know, they're massive. It's kind of like for people that are listening from Minnesota, if you think of like Edinburgh, yeah, that's how nine, thinking. nine and 18. And you, t- I mean, it, that one's even considered bigger because they use the practice green, you know, as considered yeah. the square footage. But if you look at like nine and 18, that's kind of what they are. They're huge. So, you know, a lot of times the pins will kind of favor edges of them and stuff. And because the holes go, uh, you know, side by side, you know, going out and coming back in, there's always like fescue and trouble kind of left. And there's some, you know, mounting up by the green. So for most of these holes, if you can challenge the OB and the pros do a lot, you know, they try to play it on the right side or whatever, you have much better angles um coming in so that's kind of one thing to watch if you're watching the open you'll see a lot of them you know some guys will play safe on a lot of holes some guys will, will they'll take on some of the right side sometimes and a lot of this is wind dependent you know wind depends on the wind direction and everything uh but yeah two's got kind of a funky um like up by the green and front left is kind of a big mounding uh, yeah which i doubled hole three is kind of just a nondescript par four um hole four is a good is a good golf hole um and it's where the world's first ever bev cart the bev, first bev cart was on hole number oh, four yeah okay hole number, Get four. Hole number four the, all the holes there have names you know yeah which are, you know a lot of courses around the world have copied um including augusta you know bobby jones did a lot of stuff based off from st andrews well augusta was his ode to st andrews basically um but hole four is called ginger beer because they used to have a cart out there, a uh, beverage cart. Uh, like just sitting there, some guy was selling boot ginger beers out of this <laughs> wicker like cart. And that's considered to be like the first beer cart ever. Uh, so some genius that, that has saved us all when we're struggling on the golf course. There you go. Um, but I think hole four is a hard hole. The pros will, depending on the wind, that is a uh, one of the harder holes out there. Um, it's probably the toughest hole in the front nine. I think the, I looked up the last three years at the British Open, or I guess the Open Championship is what we like to call it because it is the best. It's the biggest in the world. Um, 66%, 54.3, and 49.1% uh, 
greens and regulation. So the last open there in 2015, half the field missed this green. Um, so it's it's a trick. It's a tough hole. Um, you know, I think part of that is on four, you got a lot of guys probably laying back trying to keep it out of bunkers. Um, and you're going to see that. Uh, and I know somebody had a question probably about like how firm it is or something or what, it, what was one of the things that was shocking to you. Yeah. Um, but it is firm. It is crazy firm. Like once I was, you know, I was playing, I snap hooked the driver on two and I was like, I can't hit this. This thing is so whippy. It felt so whippy. I hit it probably five times. I hit it on 17 and 18 and probably on uh, 16, maybe two, you know, there's a couple of drivable par fours coming up here. I drove one of the par fours, but anyway, so I probably hit driver five times, but the caddy's like, they're like, just hit the iron. I mean, it's going to roll forever. Yeah. If you hit it in the fairway, I, like I was hitting a four iron, you know, not carry like total distance, like 300 yards, you know, cause it's like my normal four iron probably goes, you know, off a T two twenty five, two thirty. but there you got, you're, you're adding like 50, 60, 70 yards of roll. Cause it is so firm. It's the tiger um, way. That's, yeah. So you can just you hit iron to a lot into a lot of the, and you kind of just kind of stay away from the bunkers really. And you miss it left and you're fine. Uh, so four is a one to watch because four is a tough hole. Uh, five actually is probably the easiest hole. That's a par five that everybody burdens. Okay. Um, let's see. I think the front pin is kind of hard. I think I, I think I birdied this hole. Let me look at my score. This is the only hole I birdied. I think I only had one birdie. It was on. Yep. Hole number five. This is one of those ones. I think if I remember right, it's par five. You hit two up there and it's got this big swale in front of the green. So if it's a front pin, it's difficult because you can't, you know, the pros can probably do it and they have different bounces and grinds, you know, on their wedges. It's really difficult to hit a lofted club if you're in the fairway or something, because it is firm. Um, so if you're up there, like, let's say you got your 50, 60 yards short of the green and there's a pin tucked behind this big swale. You can't just like necessarily grab your 60 degree and try to flip it over the top because the bounce is so, you know, the ground is so hard, just bounces. So this is the first time ever in my life, probably where I remember sitting there thinking, okay, I'm going to hit this seven iron from 60 yards and just get it going. And it'll roll up and over the swale. And I think, I think that's how I birdie from right. I got it going. I think I maybe made a longer putt, but you do that out there. It's amazing. Um, it's uh, until you play it. Um, and I, again, I've only played one round there. That was the only round of golf I played in it, over there. Um, hopefully until next summer, if we get over there. Um, but until you play it, I don't know if people really truly understand just how fun it is because it's not like golf here where you just for most, on most of the time you take your range finder out and you just shoot a number and you hit that number. That's not how it is. You got, you, you're, you use the ground a lot. Um, and, and not always, it just kind of depends a lot on the green. There are some pin locations and if you're, you know, and because of the firmness, you can't actually hit a wedge that well, uh, you hit all kinds of crazy shots and it's just fun. It's like, it's, it's wild, but, uh, yeah, that was whole five. That's an easier par five, um, out there. Uh, you know, hole six is a pretty nondescript par four. We didn't say much about that, but hole seven is where the fireworks start um, at St. Andrews. Holes seven through 12, they call the loop. Um, and, you know, again, a lot of this is wind dependent for the pros, but 
if there is no wind or the, a certain wind direction, th this is the stretch outside of maybe 11, but this is the stretch where they tear it apart because you got a bunch of like three drivable par fours, um, drivable with like three wood for some of these guys, you know, if they, if they can. So, um, and seven is the start of that. Um, seven is and, and no birdies for you out of the loop. Uh, well, we'll get to, we'll get to hole 11 <laughs> where, I, where I hit the pin on 11 on my infamous search for uh hole in one. And then it, I ding, I ding the pin to about four feet and then missed the putt for birdie. No, I actually look at, look at it, look at it on my scorecard here. I parred seven, part eight, part nine, part 10, part 11, part 12, part 13, part 14, part 15, part 16. Wow. And then, and then I bogeyed and then I bogeyed 17 and 18 <laughs> coming in for 76. It looks we went like to the Valley of sin on 18. Huh? I did, yeah, I tried. I actually went high. Um, one of those, one of those was a three putt par because I drove, I hit driver. I think it was on 12 and drove it in three and three jacked, you know, like from that's one of the things out there that, um, you know, it, you're not used to having, we're talking like 40 yard putts, not like 40 feet. Like you'll have a hundred and some foot putts because they're so huge, these big double greens. And it's, you're just not used to that. So it, it leads to some three putts. I, I'm sure I had a few more. I can't remember. I have to go back through and think harder, but um, yeah, I had a nice run of pars um, going. And the funny thing is I didn't hit in a single bunker the whole day. That's impressive. Which luck. Was it because of the weather you think? Cause you know, the yeah. weather was so malign that you can't even. For sure. Okay. There was no, I mean, and when I get to the back, the wind picked up a little bit there, like on 16, the last few holes. Um, but there was no wind. It was like the perfect day. And I didn't have my own clubs. You know, if I had my own clubs, I'm, I guarantee I would hit some bunkers. Cause I would hit more driver probably. And, you know, I was just hitting iron because I, the driver I was, I couldn't hit the driver uh, very well. I hit it pretty well on 17 and 18 actually, and 12, but I only probably hit like five times, you know, and out there on a no wind day, you know, you could hit driver all over the place really, if you want to. Um, as long as, like I said, you hit it left because if you hit it in the fescue, it's not like thick, heavy fescue. You can play out of the fescue. You find your ball usually unless you get in a gorse bush, you know, or some of the heather, but you can find your ball and you can hit it out of there. So it's, you know, it's pretty playable. Um, yeah, but I had a nice run of pars um, anyway, but like seven is the start of the loop. And it's like, and it's the only, there's one, what you would call a dog leg and it's seven. And it's not like a real, you don't have to, you don't have to go around any trees or anything, obviously, but like you, it's like the only hole out there really where the tee box and the hole aren't like dead straight kind of, you know, you, you, you tee up kind of to like the bottom right and you kind of go, it just goes up into the right kind of. Um, so it's considered a dog leg, um, but most players hit iron. They don't want to hit it through um, like over the dog leg into the fescue. So they'll just hit iron. It's not that long. It's like 359, you know, with the right wind, some guys might try to drive it. I, there's, there's some crap up by the green kind of. So um, I don't, they don't all hit driver. The funny thing, the crazy thing about this hole is it's if you, if you, if some of you have been out there or you are out there, it's kind of a wild scene on the second shot because hole seven and hole 11 cross each other. Okay. So yep. That's the 11, crossing one. 11's a par three and seven approach shot that you're like, the par three is hitting like over, you as you're coming so the caddies 
are screaming at each other. It's like a, and sometimes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. And like, sometimes they're like almost arguing. It seemed like I was like, this, what is going on? They look, they sound kind of pissy at each other. They're, they're trying to argue about who should hit first and we're going first. And because they're all trying, I suppose, to have the Get best done. experience for their, for their people and whatever that they're, that they're looping for, but the caddies are screaming at each other and you got balls flying over you. It's kind of a crazy experience on seven. Um, but that's the beginning of the loop eight. Um, eight comes back towards town a little bit and they aim at like a steeple or something. It's a par uh, three. It's a, it's pretty easy par three. It's not a hard one. It's fairly short. It's like a hundred and the scorecard I have until the 16th is one sixty six. The pros I play it back a little bit, but it's not again, unless, unless it's into the wind, you know, like 170 yards there. If the wind kicks up to 30 miles an hour in your face, 170 yards is like, you know, those guys are hitting four iron or something, you know, at 170 yards. It's kind of like at the players this year on 17, when the wind was blowing like that, it's like, you're just hitting and you're not even worried about a number. You're just trying to give it up there. Um, so that one's, eight's pretty easy. Nine, nine's a drivable par four. Um, not the pros will get there with three wood. If it's downwind, uh, I think nine has like some bunkers in front. Um, that, but they're only at like two, two fifty, and one's maybe like at two ninety or something. So it's downwind. Pros will carry those, um, and that's a, nine has its own green. Nine kind of sits way out on the end, with its own green um, by itself. Eight, and nine are kind of out on the end of the course, um, and then ten. What do we got on ten here? As another drivable par four. So with the wind again, you can drive it. The pros will drive it. And then you get to 11, um, which is the toughest par three out there. 11 is the hole where Bobby Jones quit in 1921. Bobby Jones, 11's got, uh, it's a par three. Obviously it's, it's what's the scorecard say here. It is, um, it's one of the longer par threes. It's 174. That's like one of the longer par threes out there on the scorecard, but the green's a little bit kind of elevated and you got these two deep bunkers, one kind of on the left and one on the kind of front middle. And one's just like a tiny pot bunker. Like I don't, I don't even know how you get in and out of it if you were in it. But um, I think Bobby Jones hit into like the left one or something and took like four shots to get out and then just picked up his ball and walked off the golf course in, in 1921. That's like his one regret, his biggest regret in golf, he said, uh, was, was, was quitting at St. Andrews his first time there or something. Um, but not short side of golf, short side of golf went flag hunting and hit the pin on 11. <laughs> there you uh, go. In my, in my, in my search for, uh, a hole in one, which still has not happened even six years later. Uh, that would have been an epic one to have though, for your own. Awesome. I, uh, I hit the pin a little too much heat on it though. It wasn't like, you know, it, it like one hopped it off the pin and it kicked yeah. off like four or five feet. And of course I missed the fucking birdie putt. So I parred it. Never seen um, that before. Yeah. More than likely on the low side. Uh, <laughs> actually, no, like the caddies and stuff, they're so good at, at reading greens. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but that'll be one where uh, the pros, they could hit a nine iron. They could hit a three iron. You know, it depends on the wind again. It can be long and it can be difficult. Um, but it, yeah, that, that was that was a cool hole hitting the pin on 11. Uh, hole number four at Augusta is like Bobby Jones's kind of homage to 11 at at St. Andrews. Um, and then 12 is a drivable par four again. Um, 
and I drove it with the driver uh, from like, what is 12 on the scorecard? 316 on my scorecard. I'm sure the pros play it back probably a little more. Um, but I think Tiger, Tiger three putted for par there once too. Um, so I like to say, I like to say I have that, I have that in common. Kind of like go. Tiger then. Yeah, kind of like Tiger there. But he was what in 2000 or 2000, I think 2000 when he just obliterated the field and won by like nine shots. Yeah. He was nine under on this hole for four rounds, you know, which is just insane. Uh, no, no, maybe that was, no, I think that was combined. 2000 and 2005 like it's two times yeah, he won be, there that'd be eagle yeah, yeah. and like double yeah. eagle that'd be crazy even for tiger yeah. um so it's two times he won there in 2000 and 2005 he was nine under on those eight rounds which is just insane yeah. uh yeah um and that includes one par so he must have eagled a couple times um but i'm sure like um the green so the, the thing with 12 and i think when you're watching this week a lot of guys will go for 12 because the green has this like it's two tiered but the one tier is tiny it's like i can't remember what it was like somebody said like 12 square feet or yards up there it's it's, a, it's like a really they'll put the pin up there one day in this little tiny tabletop spot. up there little, little tabletop and the guys that lay back have a crazy tough wedge shot to get it back there so i think you'll see if the wind is right you'll see everybody try and hit driver just get it up there somewhere and then you can play like the a little- pot you could play the pot or the bump and run chip. And even if you get in the fescue a little bit, you can still get it out of there, you know, get it up there. Um, so that's kind of, the, that's the loop seven through 12. And that's the scorable part of the golf course. Cause there's like, there's like four holes they can drive or get very close to the green. You know, it's not the modern, the modern game has, has passed St. Andrews by in a few, in a few regards. But, but what's interesting though, like, you know, 2005 or in 2015, Zach Johnson won, you know, yeah. like it doesn't, it, it's not always about the distance. It's the, it's the wind and, you know, there, there's, there's guys that are going to probably go low depending on when, no matter what, but mm-hmm. it can, it can find different kinds of golfers that can win there. I think, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to win there. I don't, the thing is, I don't know if you you can't just try to overpower it because there's so many kind of weird swales and stuff. You can get yourself in some bad spots where you can't get it close to a hole, you know, cause you're in on a weird angle and you got this big swale, you got to try to maneuver. And um, you know, the greens, even though they, they, they run slower uh, because they have to, because of the wind, they got to keep them at like a 10 or 11 instead of like a 13, like you see in the United States they are fairly hard. If it doesn't rain a lot, you know, they're going to be hard to hold once in a while if they let it get baked out, you know, but you know, it'll probably rain. I think on the weekend I saw, uh, but anyway, 13 is where the, is where the tournament 13 through 18 is where the tournaments won or lost. Cause that is the stretch. That's difficult. Um, and 13 is a uh, 465 yard par four. It's got the coffin bunkers in the side on the left side. And then it's the hardest fairway to hit. Um, so that's a hard hole right there. You know, you're not, you know, you're not just hitting driver up by the green at 465 yards. Now, some of those guys will hit driver 400 yards in some of these holes, you know, like I think in 2000, 2005, I was listening to the golf channel today, Tiger averaged like 341 off the tee, you know, and he was long in the day, but not like he wouldn't average that in the United States. You know, he was pumping, drives down there whenever he hits driver he hits a lot of irons though at these things which is why i think he'll do okay maybe if he can hit irons and play um 
Anyway, 13's got the coffin bunkers. 14 is a par five at 614 yards. It's got the hell bunker. Uh-huh. I t- I'll, I'll post a bunch of pictures and video and stuff on Instagram of my, you know, the shitty thing about when I went, you know, six years ago is I wasn't really, and I don't, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe, maybe it's a bad thing that I'm always worried about social media pictures and videos. And I was just, I don't say I was, I was just playing, you know, my fiance took pictures and videos or whatever. And you, you're out there just kind of in this place. That's just amazing. in this golf Mecca and you're just soaking it all in and just golfing. You're not even worried about looking at your phone and you know, this and that, but um, the other thing is, you know, I kept looking back. I remember saying, God damn, I want to drop a ball in some of these bunkers. You know, I want to hit it. I want to play it, hit a ball out of the hell bunker, but there's so many people out there. You know, you have to keep, this thing is like a machine. They just keep churning group after group out. And there's always somebody behind you really. So you can't just go and drop balls and, you know, try to hit some of these shots. It'll be awesome. Try to hit one off like the road hole, you know, try to bank it off the wall or something, but you really can't, but the hell bunker is huge. Um, and, I think uh, on 14, so you got a stone wall on the right side. That's the, the Eden course on the other side. So it's OB right. And then you got the hell bunker for the second shot. If it's into the wind, the hell bunker comes into play. If it's not into the wind, it's, it won't be in play for these guys. Uh, Jack Nicholas took a 10 on this hole in 1995. He hit it, took four shots, to get out of the hell bunker. Um, so, you know, the, you know, and again, it's, they're deep. The, you get in these bunkers and you know i'm six foot five and i went the night we were there the evening before you know when no one's out there i went down into a couple of them and you can't see out of them you're that is the difference i think to this kind of golf over there and 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 the beauty of it is in the united states you know if you like i did it at tpc the other day if i hit one offline up by the green i'm asking get in the bunker I re- you'd rather be a lot of players would rather be in a bunker than in some deep rough. You know, that is not the case in, over in Scotland because these bunkers are very penalizing sometimes because you they're what they're meant to be. They're yeah, what they're, they're meant to be. They're, you get, they're meant to be. They're true hazards. You know, you'll see guys on TV starting Thursday that you'll be hitting it out sideways. And you, and you just you it, it is it is like a, a penalty stroke almost you're hitting it backwards or sideways now if you get in the right spot in the bunker you can get it over the lips but a lot of times you can't and it is a true penalty and fairway bunkers for sure you, know, you get in a fairway bunker you know and you're and you're trying you know in america those guys can hit four irons like they're in the middle of the fairway you can't do that here because you will not get it over the face so they are true penalties um and the hell bunker will be in play probably only if it's into the wind uh, but that's kind of a three-shotter, 614 yards, depending on the wind. Um, 15 is 455 yards again, par four. 16 is the second hardest hole out there. Um, 418 yards, OB right. That's got the principal nose bunkers, they're called. If you ever look those up, they, they're you know some of the famous bunkers out there. That's the second hardest hole out there. Um, and then we get to the road hole you know, which everybody knows, maybe, maybe the most famous hole in golf, possibly the road hole at St. Andrews that Bernard Darwin, the old golf writer said, many like it, most respect it, all fear it. Um, And the road, the road hole is hard. And I think the one cool thing about the road hole though, is there's this um, huge 
you know, a talking point, and it'll be on TV this week, you know, is, is the old course, you know, out of touch with modern technology. And, and the road hole is one of those few holes where modern technology has made it harder because the road hole was originally a par five. So the, you know, I think in the 19, oh, I don't even know when it was, they, they changed it, you know, in the mid 1900s to a par four. Um, and the road hole is 495 yards from the, the pro tee. And the green uh, was designed for like a par five, you know, it was built for a par five for hitting like little wedge shots in there. So when you're coming into this, you coal with a long iron or something, it's damn near impossible. Uh, the day I played it had the Sunday pin behind the road hole bunkers. That was kind of nice. cool. That was cool. Um, I hit my tee shot. You're supposed to hit it. Uh, if you're going to hit it straight over like the O or the U in old course hotel sign, because you hit it over the rail, the old rail yard shed. You, you know, it's one of the only times I think in golf, you, you are supposed to hit it over a building that's out of bounds. Um, <laughs> so, so you hit it over this, this railway shed. Uh, and then of course I, I thought I hit a decent one. I hit driver. Cause you almost have to, it's so long if you don't. Um, and I thought I hit a decent, but I hit a little draw. And of course the caddy goes too far left. And, I was and like, you're like, what? wow, that's far. Like and I'm like, wow, I hit that like right over the middle of the building. Um, and of course, of course, another, the Scottish guy in my group fanned one right out, off of the rooftop of the hotel bar. <laughs> <laughs> he hit it off of the, I'm not shitting. That's great. The, so on 17 off to the right is there's two things on 17. Right. There's the, the old course hotel and there's like a rooftop bar up there and he fans it right up in there. It bounced somewhere up by the bar and the guys are like, Oh, you better hit another one. Just hit another one. <laughs> uh, and then you got the jigger in, you know, down towards more towards the green, which is one of the two famous bars that I went to that after the round, we could talk about that a little we're done here, but that one's like a little cottage looking house that sits down there kind of up by the green. Well, anyway, so I hit it left on set on the road hole, you know, which is where a lot of people bail to because right is out of bounds. You know, you get too far right, you're OB. Uh, but again, that's the genius of the design. If you can hit a tee shot on 17, you'll see, I think I posted on Instagram yesterday, Cam Young taking a pretty aggressive line. Uh, if you can, if you can challenge the right side, that is where you can have an angle a little bit where you can come into that hole. But like I was in the left fescue, and I think what happened, if I remember right here, actually, I do remember right, is I tried to hit it up there on the green. I was just trying to get it to like the front because going at the pins impossible because there's that little pot bunker there, the road hole bunker. Yep, the protection from it coming from the left. Yep. So I, I left it short of that. So then you're really fucked because it's like now you're sitting, you know, with this like 40 yard, you know, I didn't hit a good one out of the fescue or something. I was short. So you have this like 40 yard shot that in america you know most of the time would be like a little flip wedge and you'd and you'd go for it you know but here the ground is so firm it's like what do you do said so, so i so you have to kind of bail it out right so i hit it right and then two putter for bogey but um you know the road hole is a great golf hole because if you hit it in that bunker and some guys probably will this week you are in trouble you can, there's, you could hit multiple shots out of that bunker and that road that, uh, if you remember, remember when Miguel and Hill Jimenez banked it off the wall, 
Yeah. There's a, the road is like right behind the green. Like there's a road, like a dirt well, Tom road. Watson hit that little, you know. Yes. And uh, out of there too. There's a road, and then there's a wall, an old stone wall, and there it's not like they're like 30 yards deep. They are right there, right behind the green. Um. So if you were to hit it long, you know, you're on that. And you don't get relief from the stone wall, which is why Miguel Angel Jimenez banked it off that hit that one where he just smashed it on the wall and went yeah. up in the air. Um, the, the really famous one might have been Constantino Roca in 95. He was, what was he? He was one shot behind John Daly. He was on the road and got up and down from the road on 17. He like chipped it and it ran up there and made like a five, six footer for par. And then 18, we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, but yeah, 17 is an awesome golf hole. Yeah, I don't super hard. It's the hardest hole out there. Um, it's the hardest hole every year in this. It's been basically in the open championship. It's a hard golf hole, uh, mainly because it's, it was designed as a, like a three shot par five back in the day. And now it's just not that, you know, into the wind. If they get that hole into the wind, and you're trying to hold like a five iron into that little green. It's like, there's no chance uh, for some of those guys. Um, you know, it depends on the pin again, the front of the green is accessible. If the pins in the front, they can, the front's fine. The back left is tough. Like there's not going to be, if that hole gets into the wind one day, it is a par, it is a par five if that happens. Yes. And, and, and especially with that back pin, you might not have a birdie all day. Like it's possible where, Cause no one's going to take on that bunker, you know, unless they really have to like on Sunday at the end of the round, but there's it, no one's going to do it. And then you just have to hope you can make a long bomb and then you get to 18. So you basically walk off 17 green uh, and 17 is not a double green. And you basically just go right to your left and you're on the 18 T box. And, you know, I don't know what's more iconic, the 17 T or the 18, because 17, you hit over the shed, but 18, you're teeing off right back into town, basically. You, know, you got all the buildings and you got old Tom Morris's shop on the right and some hotels and the RNA buildings behind there. And you're basically teeing off into this like amphitheater of buildings, uh, which is pretty sweet. And the other nice part is, again, the fairway is 120 yards wide with hole number one. So you like, unless you flare it way right, and I'm sure those houses, or I'm sure those hotels get hit over there. Um, you just, you just let her rip, you just rip a driver down there somewhere up towards the Valley of sand. And then you go, um, you know, you make the walk over the bridge, yep. uh, which isn't the Swilkin. It's not in play. And, you know, unless you top it, you know, the Swilkin bridge is like the burns like a hundred yards off the tee box or something, you know, uh, the funny thing, <laughs> the funny thing is, is it's so wild though, because it's like, you know, it's a park. So we're, we're walking up 18 and some guy from, I don't know, maybe Japan or something, some Asian guys asking me if he can borrow my club for a picture. Oh, he wants a picture on, <laughs> some, on random, the some random person just out there yeah. is, to, is, is I'm like, sure. So, he, so he's borrowing an iron so he could take a picture on the Silicon Bridge. <laughs> but I think I'm sure that's fairly common. So everybody wants yeah. to take their picture on the bridge. You know, I did see today that Tiger with the with the alpha move stepping on Jack's foot. You see that? I did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's the Silicon, um Silicon Bridge. And then you get up by the green and you got the Valley of Sin. Um, and that one, again, that's a drivable hole with the right win. You know, Jack Nicholas, that year that Doug Sanders missed that like three foot putt or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Nicholas drove that green in the playoff, I think. Um, you know, back in the day with Persimmon, 
and that the hole hasn't really changed. You know, that, that's the cool thing about the golf course is I think in the last like hundred years, I think the open this year is playing like 350 ish yards longer than it did a hundred years ago. So that, you know, and that, and they're, and they've used like, they have a tee box on the new course. They have, they're using other courses for some of the tee boxes to try to lengthen it, but it's, it's not that long. Jack Nicholas drove 18. I think some of those guys will do it with the right wind, but if you come short, you're in the Valley of sin. And I hit driver and I was short by the Valley. And that's another one where you're you not a front pin. No, it was, it was like a frontish middle. And I think if I remember right, I was on 18 and I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm hitting it through the Valley of sin. I'm this might be a once in a lifetime deal. I'm not trying to hit a wedge here up high. And so I did the old like five iron bump and runner through. I think I posted a video of it on, on Instagram there. That might've been 18. I can't remember. I have video of it. I think I did like the five iron bump and run down the valley up. And then I had like a 30 footer for birdie. And uh, this is, this is where it's just, it's awesome because again, 18 green is right by the one tee box. They're almost connected. So you have all kinds of people watching you. You know, it's like you're on tour. You got this people everywhere. And I, I get up there like 30 feet above the hole, leave it like five feet short, miss that one. So I three jack for bogey and I'm getting applause, just getting a round of, <laughs> a round of applause. You take I'm the old hat off. off. I'm, hey. I'm, tipping, I'm tipping the cap to people. I'm like, you idiots. I just three jacks from like 25 feet. <laughs> they're all, they're all applauding. Like it's some tour event out there. <laughs> and so it was just me three jacking to shoot 76. Um, but that's the course where, or the hole where remember in 95 when John Daly was up by a stroke on Constantina Roca and he hits this first tee shot well and then chunks the chip. Like it went like, like, like we would do. It just chunked yeah. it like five feet. Then he made that putt out of the Valley of Sin for birdie to force the playoffs. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, so yeah, 18 is a really, for the pros, easy golf hole. And, and, and with, the cert, with certain wins and certain, um, you know, pin placements may be a little harder, but that one plays, you know, it's a par four. The scoring average is three point something all the time. It's a, it's a birdie hole for sure. That's kind of the one. I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool finishing hole the way it is, but it, it, I don't know if it's that dramatic of a finishing hole. Cause it's pretty easy. Like if you have a one stroke lead on 18, most of those guys are going to make par, you know, you're going to get it up there, hit the green two putt. Um, but yeah, that's the old course for me. Well, um, well, we Go had ahead. some questions. I think you answered yeah. most of them. One, one was about the road hole. How'd you, how'd you play that? Uh, one was about your biggest surprise. I think you touched on that, the firmness of the fairways. Yeah, I don't think, like I said, until you're over there, I, I have not played man and dunes. Um, I know there's about, you know, this is true links golf. There's like five links courses that would be considered links golf in America. And that's it. And, and basically what makes these links golf is the, the soil type, you know, is like soil that comes from the sea, you know, over time, like, you know, it links land and sea and it has to do, it can't just be like a seaside golf course, like Kiwa Island is, you know, or something. It has to be on the sea, but a certain type of soil, whatever. So, you know, there's lots of them over there. There's hardly any here, but it is firm. Like it's amazing. You got, you can hit, you can hit wedges and, you know, and like I said, the pros will hit wedges out there, um, but they're but they're pro they're probably tweaking the grinds, you know, and everything, you know, in the tour vans ahead of time to get it right. If you're just out there with your normal wedge, you know, you're 60 degree from here in Minnesota, 
the bounce is just, it, it's so hard. It's like a rock. I mean, it's crazy how far the golf ball rolls. It's it, until you play it, you know, you just can't quite comprehend it. I don't think, but that was the most shocking thing for me. Yeah. And, and, and Sam Burns posted on his uh, I don't know, Twitter, Instagram, whatever he, he, he did the old take the ball, throw it in the ground, bounce right back up to him. So he's, he's showing you right there that how yeah. firm it is right now. Um, I guess, you know, you had no, no problems with pom punctures. You kind of talked about that. Yeah. I, I have know what sucks. I would like to wet into one. You know, that, that, yeah. That was, that, that's more luck than it. That's just dumb luck more than anything. Probably weather-based. All right. So I have a question for you. How far is too far for a Texas wedge? Oh man. I mean, my cause buddy, you know, the greens are big, but can you even putt if you're not on the greens? I mean, oh, yeah. My buddy Mitch and Bemidji, if he's listening, would say nothing's too far for a Texas wedge. Texas <laughs> wedge uh, out there, shit. I mean, you can putt from a long ways away. You know, it's like, um, like I said, I think I had a few times where I was 40 or 50 yards short of a green and you have these big swales and mounds and I used like a seven iron or five iron, but you could putt them. I mean, you really could. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just not that comfortable doing it. Cause I'm not very good at it. Uh, but oh yeah, you could Texas wedge the shit out of it out there in a few spots, especially probably like the pros never do really, but I would imagine certain times of year it gets it's really baked out and hard like right now yeah. it is and stuff where you could put it for days. Well, you you kind of touched on my next question. It just had to do with like you know when you're greenside, you know, in America we're using the 60 degree, using the 56 degree, but when you're greenside there, I'm guessing it's more bump and run. Seven irons, eight irons, six irons. Yep, I don't, I don't, I don't remember ever hitting something super super high next to a green i don't i don't either because i wasn't confident doing it with rental clubs or i don't i think more so it just doesn't call for it like you don't need to um you know you might have your occasion where you get a bunker there or something but like even if you're short-sighted and everything is mowed so tight you know and 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 you can bump and run it through the fringes and everything really easy so it's yeah it's definitely a uh, I, I think that's the beauty of Lynx golf. That's why I love it so much. I'm, again, I've only played once. And I hope we get over there again, a bunch of us next year is you have to think like you can't just shoot a number and hit it high and stop it on a dime. It's not going to do it. And you have to, and I think that's partly why, like when you watch Ryder cups and stuff, you see a lot in the shitty weather and some of those golf courses, the European teams do really well because they've grown up playing in that kind of golf where you got to think and just maneuver it around. And, and, and the beauty of it, I think to me, and what's really fun is sometimes out there, good shots end up bad. You get a quirky bounce. It doesn't end up, you know, it it funnels into a bunker and sometimes bad shots end up good. That's, that's the beauty of Lynx golf. It's just, there's quirks to it. It's not, we're playing not perfect in- science. It's not a, yeah. it's not a dome type shot where I got to hit my one fifteen track man, you know? Yeah. It is creativity. It, it is different types of shots. It is everything that, you know, visualizing something and making it come to life. In fact, a lot of the golfers have talked about how, you know, even when Phil won it, you know, he, he, he struggled, 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 but started looking at the course in different ways, get creative and start seeing the shots. And what do you know? He ends up winning a, winning an open. For sure. And I just think it's fun. Like you, I think what it really does is I would encourage, you know, uh, some people are probably scared off of playing some of these big courses because of their hand, their high handicappers or whatever. You can play the ground there. You don't have to 
you know, you hit it hot. You can play the ground the whole round. You get the sculler out. Just skull yeah, that baby. You can find a way to just maneuver it around the ground and it, the ball runs and rolls and you can get it around and you, and you have to play the ground. You know, you'll see out the open this week, the guys will be, it's a ground game. It really yeah. is. Uh, it's not like here. Uh, and it's awesome. It's super fun. Well, thanks for the deep dive, Mike. That's, uh, you know, anybody interested, he gives you, gives you the one through 18 kind of what, you know what to expect hopefully you're listening to this before uh yeah, 4 a.m on on thursday we'll, so we'll, we'll, see how many, idea. we'll see how many got sick of me and just quit listening but, uh, <laughs> but yeah you know if you go to st andrews even if you don't play go to the town the city is super old um there's that old cathedral you know that was like in ruins now there's old tom's grave and um the universe there's a college there the university of st the st andrews university is like the what is it? It's uh, the third oldest university in the English speaking world or something like that. 1413, I think, or something like it's like from the 1400s. It's, it's super old, uh, but there's all these pubs and, you know, uh, little restaurants and everything. It's not a huge city. It's it's not, it's not even a city. It's like a, just a town. It's, it's kind of weird. Awesome. You, just, you just drive down the highway from like either coming up. It's north of Edinburgh or you go from like Glasgow or whatever and you just show up in this town. It's just, it's like, it's probably smaller than Buffalo where you live. You know, it's just a, yeah. it's, it's just a town. And it, that's it, great. And everything is centered around golf. You know, you've got, you know, the Dunvegan is just golf, 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 the bar. Everybody's talking golf. The pictures are all golf. Uh, the jigger in off 17 is golf. It's a little bit not like filled with pictures, but it's all golf, you know? And then you walk around the town and it's like a whole bunch of golf shops. Like there's golf stores everywhere. Like the whole freaking thing is centered on golf. Um, oh, and the one thing I forgot that's awesome is they have a putting course, the Himalayas. Okay. They have, um, I didn't know that. Yep. They have the first, probably the, I'm assuming the first like putting course too. So if you think about all of the stuff in golf that is based off of this place, 18 holes was designed there. You know, it's like the first, and whatever it's been around since like, the, you know, 1552 was the, was a, the earliest charter that said people can play there. It was free to play St. Andrews up until the 1920s. Like the town was a dying town kind of, and golf is what brought people there. So they would let you golf for free. If you, if you came to town, just come, <laughs> just come. Yeah. Cause it's, cause it kind of sits, you know, way out on the edge of uh, Scotland there on the Eastern side. But um they have this putting golf course in the right, right off of the first. It's like, as you're walking down the first hole, just to your right is the Himalayas, you know, much like, you know, Pinehurst has one now and Aaron Hills has Sand one. Valley, Sand Valley. And they're all, all these places have like these putting courses and, and short courses and whatever. But um, the Himalayas is owned by the women's golf society or whatever of St. Andrews. So if you Heck ever yeah. watch, if you ever watch tourist sauce, no laying up guys, they're, they're out there watching these women play matches, putting matches. So the Himalayas is like, it's cheap. It's like a dollar or two to put, to go around the Himalayas. But if the women want to do a match, they shut that fucking thing down. The women run that thing. So they just close it down and the women are having a match play putting match power play. to the women. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So yep. the women, the women, the women's association thing, like owns the Himalayas basically. Um, but so they have a putting course and I, that's the one thing I wish I would have done. I didn't do it. We were out of time after I played, we had to get going, uh, because I love putting courses. Like the drumlin at Aaron Hills was so fun. Uh, but they have a putting course there. They also have, 
the golf museum, um, which is right kind of by the RNA building. You can't go in the RNA building. Um, it's kind of a wild setup. They have, so there's like no big clubhouse because the RNA building is the clubhouse. And okay. then there's like this little, this little, like, you know, like there's a little building off the first tee where you go in and you pay and you do everything. There's a little starter shack, but then there's like this larger official, like buy merchandise thing. Wait, but you got to walk. Like, How much money did you spend on merch? Not that much. I bought a head cover yardage, like a scorecard book holder thing. Um, some pictures or something. I don't know. Not nearly as much as I should have probably spent. Yeah. Um, now we'll get, we'll get back there next, next summer, next summer on the podcast go. makes our trip in August there, hopefully. Uh, but that's like way over by the hotel. So you like walk across the golf course to get, it's such a weird kind of setup, but, but yeah, they have this, it's, it's pretty cool because you, at some point in time, you're between the new course, which was built in like 1850 something and Eden course are out there all there. Also, they have all these golf courses and it's, and it's cool. I, the driving range is somewhere on the other side. I didn't even go to the driving range. It's way the hell on the other side of the golf course. I don't even, it's way over past the hotel somewhere. Um, but yeah, no, I would highly recommend that at some point in your life, if you are a golf, you know, a fan of golf, it, you got to go and you just have to soak it in. Even if you don't play, you just, you can walk around the whole golf course. You can literally go out there. Obviously Sunday it's closed. You can walk wherever you want Sunday, but you can, if people are playing, you can go walk right out there. Like just stay out of their way. Hey, they don't care. Like people are walking dogs all over the place on the beaches and it's crazy scene. Um, but it's also what, you know, it's what makes it awesome. And I think my favorite thing about golf there is it's so accessible. You know, there's no, you know, here in the United States, we got country clubs and we got, you know, there's always a, everything is a cost or a, you know, everything's fairly expensive here. Uh, there it's accessible to everybody. It's like, it's like a park. It's like, it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like a state park. Uh, and it's, you know, the greatest golf course in the world, probably, or the grandest anyway. And it's just this park where people are walking around and, you know, and it, to them, the people there, it's just an everyday thing. And, that, and that's awesome. Um, yeah. So that's my experience at the old course. Well, we're not going to spend too much time on the Scottish Open. Uh, it's, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun tournament to kind of prime the pump, get ready for, you know, for Lynx golf and for, get ready for the Open. But um, Xander Shoffley, we've got to touch on him. He wins three tournaments in a row. If you count last week's JP McManus, uh, the Travelers, and then now the Scottish, you know, you'd have to say he's uh, by far the hottest player in golf. Uh, he's shown the ability to close out tournaments, which I feel like he has struggled with in the past. Uh, the Renaissance Club did show us teeth a bit. I think seven under was the final score. So it did, you know, I think Tringali was what, 10 under through one. And then, you know, seven under yeah. ends up being the, win the winner. So like Lynx Golf does, you know, you get wins, you get certain things and it's hard to, hard to go low. But any takeaways, Mike, from the Scottish before we start making our picks? Oh, poor Cameron Tringali still has yet to win a, a PGA Tour sanctioned event because that is now a PGA Tour or DP World Tour event. So that'll be a big one probably every year now. Although he is playing in TPC next week, so maybe that's he'll, his. Uh, that is that's where he. Maybe he'll get his first. Everybody win. picks Kringali. Um, you know, I think when it comes to the you know, and I just got done talking about St. Andrews. I am a super huge fan of the classic Lynx golf courses. The Renaissance Club doesn't do a lot for me, at least on TV. Um, I think it's good. It's pretty hard. 
Um, I actually think of the newer course of their Kings barn, it gets rave reviews, um, which is just south of St. Andrews, but the Renaissance club, I wish they just played at Mirfield. <laughs> it connects yeah. to Mirfield, which gets an open, you know, every here and there, but, um, or North barrack, which is awesome, but I don't think it's long enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a couple of weird takeaways. Patrick Cantley, who hasn't been a good links player, played pretty well, uh, which is weird to me. Of course, you can't pick him in a major. I'm not going to because he never does shit in the majors. But um, I was really, you know, what I was really pulling for was Ricky Fowler. Ricky needed the top 10 to get into the open. And he actually has a pretty good history of playing. You know, he's a pretty decent links player. Yeah. Um, and he was up there into the top 10. And I looked, I was like, I kind of quit paying attention to him on Sunday. And I looked here before we, you know, went on with this podcast to kind of look at my picks and everything. He finished in like 50 something place. He, he totally fell apart. So he's out of the open. Um, yeah. I don't know. Not that many takeaways. Uh, you know, again, the leaderboard was full of good players. I, I, I think on, on those hard golf courses, Usually the cream rises to the top when it gets tricky like that. But and as we saw, my boy Tommy Fleetwood, right there, right yeah, there. That's that's impressive. I'm not gonna lie. You know he hasn't done much this year, but well, that, that's let's let's leave the Scottish at that point. Let's let's go to our picks. Um, and let's before we get into our picks, from what I gathered this week, the fairways are going to be bouncing quite firm. Uh, you know, it's playing at 7,300 yards, but with lightning fairways, that's going to force a lot of guys hit irons off the tee. Um, Mike did end up winning last week. He had Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, he took down Cam Smith, who, who uh, Tim got second and then I came in third. I don't know. John Rahm, he, he was already talking about how unlucky he was this week. Yeah, we yeah. got horrible bounces. And that that's the kind of guy that I need to stay away from when it comes to links because <laughs> you got to have a head on your shoulders and he does not. Yeah, I think like I was looking for... He T three last year at the at the open. He did. He came, he came on late though. Remember, there's yeah. not much win last year. That was the Morikawa yeah. win. I and think he, he he had a nice little Sunday that got him back. But I think I didn't pick I didn't pick him this week. I could have taken him. I thought about it. I thought about just to piss you off. Like here's gonna bounce back. And be yeah, awesome that, at the that, open. that would be that would that would but be classic. I, but to me, he puts so much pressure on himself for the open because that was, you know, he's span he's a Spaniard, and that was Seve's big thing. He won the open. I mean, he won the Masters too. He won the open twice. And I don't know. I don't know. John Ron's weird. He's such a me, boomer bus guy. Yeah, but to me, he doesn't. I don't know. I just I've never really seen the creativity side of him. I never really seen him play these different kinds of shots. He always has the high ball flight. He always has, you know, it's just I just haven't seen the um the brilliance of trying something or anything in this you know and last year when you have no wind a lot of players can 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 play well yeah so i don't know I, you know mike gets to to win number six tim's at four and i'm at three so here's I, how we're gonna do it i just want to point out before we go into this that these 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 two phonies on this podcast always take the top five guys in the world and then look at look at all that's not true is- that's not true and here's why <laughs> Did I not take my my uh, Matt Fitzpatrick's never won a major? That's true. That's true. <laughs> to, to win at Brookline, I did. Look at look at old short sighted golf here. Is in the lead, taking all the uh, yeah. all the unknown guys and, and deep diving. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna come at you this week and see what happens. Because right now I'm down three. I got to make a move. So we're gonna do three picks. We're gonna do a top twenty pick, which would be like your you know typically people are are, are banking on a top twenty guy winning. Then you've got your middle tier, 21 to 40. So kind of a guy that definitely could win. 
Um, and then somebody outside the top 40. So that's kind of how we're going to play. It's kind of like a, a win place and a sleeper, you know, kind of a thing. So um, I t- t- take last. So I get to go first. Uh, I'm going to start. With go just our tier, we each do our tier and roll up to our top. Yeah. Let's start with sleeper. sleeper so okay. uh, let, let's go with the sleeper first. Let, let's work our way up to our, to our, our top guy. So my sleeper has hired a local caddy. Ooh. Uh, he's gotten top 26 times out of 13 tries has only missed two cuts ever in the history of the open championship. He took 10th at St. Andrews in 2015. He's great with his Texas wedge, which might come up to his chin. <laughs> oh, here we go. I know, I know we're going this now. <laughs> and and uh, he's definitely better than the longer putts than shorter ones. And he loves the color beige. Yep. We're going with Adam, your boy, Scott. I don't even know if you'll be able to see him on TV. He's going to blend. <laughs> he's he's going to blend into the old buildings. You know, they, they call St. Andrews the gray town kind of. So if he wears gray, he'll just kind yep. of blend into some of the buildings. I did see that Footjoy has the premieres with the Harris tweed this week that he's been posting. Oh. About. They look good. They look sharp. He'll be wearing it probably with multiple colors of gray or beige again. He did. Yep. I already I can't wait I, to see it. I already posted already this week a picture of him from like a practice round. It was like all beige again but then he had like a maroon hat on he's such a weird dress love it i can't wait to watch him this week just this top five for me should well, be a good sleeper, should be a good golf course for him he's a great i I, I agree i just and I, and I think he does has that has that creativity to him like i, I he's he's played well well at these so i i don't know we'll see you never know because he doesn't play in a ton of events so he's never really you know yep. you don't have a lot of uh to go off of well tim sleeper it means no introduction um yeah the sleeper I, of all sleepers i, mean, yeah, I, I already saw sleepers. this one i i don't know how we fancy his chances here uh he, he definitely has has history um it's tiger woods so i am not gonna i'm not gonna even hide him here but it, i mean i i don't know like you know he doesn't he hasn't played a ton he only, he's, he's only playing in majors last time we saw him he he kind of wd'd um he made the cut so he has made the cut in every major he's played in which Props to him. He's got enough game to, to do that. But with, uh, you know, we've talked about this, not uh, an extremely tough walk. He knows the course. He knows how to play the course. He knows he doesn't have to swing out of his shoes every hole. What do you think, Mike? Well, he claims that he claims he feels pretty good. Um, his swing is just, I've been watching on, you know, social media he has like, it's crazy to see him with like, there is like no, the leg movement is like non-existent, almost the turn, um, mm-hmm. but it is firm. It is playing fast. He can hit irons. Uh, he doesn't have to, you know, he'll probably hit driver on some of those drivable par four holes. He can still get it out there if he needs to. Um, I, I think he makes the cut. I think with just grit and, and knowing the golf course, um, the one thing that I'm actually concerned with a little bit, and I'm a tiger Bobo. I always have my love tiger is um, he's averaging like this year in the majors, he's averaging like 75, like 74.9. It's not like he's playing great. He's at, he, he, he had the great like second round at the PGA and the great first round at Augusta. And uh, my concern is a short game. He hasn't chipped and stuff like the tiger you think of. And I don't know if that is just, you don't play as many competitive rounds. Now, maybe he's been over there. He's been over there a bunch. You know, he's playing with Rory at belly bunion and 
He played terrible in the JP McManus. He didn't play great. I heard he shot 63 at the old course of JT. Oh, really? It's possible. I mean, you know, he's the greatest iron player ever. And I almost think, I don't know. Does the wind help him? If it gets shitty and windy, does it help? I think he needs that. I think that would be, you you have so many good golfers. If it's kind of just not windy, that it's just going to be hard. He, He wants, he wants to, he wants that course where he can kind of like the Brooks Kepka theory. Like you just eliminate. Yeah. You know, 40 guys are off the bat just because it's windy. Yeah. I think, yeah. If it, if it is not windy, the old course can't hold up to these guys. You know, I'm looking at the winning scores, Zach Johnson, 15 under last time. Ustazen 16 under tiger, 18 under tiger, 19, you know, somebody could shoot 20 under par if there's no win. It's, it's, it's possible. So I think, yeah, he probably wants wind. He knows, you know, he knows where to hit it. He knows how to play it. I think he makes the cut. I don't see why he can't make the cut. Can he win? Maybe. I I just wonder, is he going into this? Like it's a swan song. Like, yeah. you know, like some, is he, there's some, I, there's some intuition out there. There's some postings that is, you know, he's going to walk over the bridge and yeah, give it one last wave. I, I hope that's not the case, but I hope it's just disaster. Yeah. I hope not, but I don't know. Yeah. He can make the cut. I mean, again, Tim F off. You're not on the podcast. Take <laughs> Tiger Woods is a sleeper <laughs> for the love of God. Wait. Till love- so, okay. Okay. Let's go to my sleeper. We okay, have Mike, let's do it. Our two sleepers are Adam Scott, a major winner, and Tiger Woods, the greatest player of all time. I hey, I'm just following the rules. I'm going by the rules. I am going to throw out a sleeper that I'm pretty sure 95% of the listeners have never heard of before. Okay. Here's my guy, Ryan Fox. Okay, he played you well might, last week. You might say. No, two weeks ago, Irish. You might say, who the hell is Ryan Fox? Let me tell you who Ryan Fox is. Ryan Fox is a New Zealander. He's a Kiwi. Um. Ryan Fox in his last 14 events, mostly on the DP world tour has seven top 10 finishes. He got second at the Irish open. His last six events went like this T2 54th second missed cut third second. He was second wow, at the Irish open. Impressive. He's been on a heater. His la- at, in 2015, he played the open championship at St. Andrews and top 20. So we're going with the un the sleeper of sleepers in this group, and we're Foxy. gonna take we're gonna take Ryan Fox, who I really all right. Couldn't even tell you what he looks like, really, but I was doing a little deep, deep diving on data. Well, actually, I, I I did watch him at the Irish Open a little bit. He, you know, who the other guy that I think could be, you know, so I got a bunch of guys here. I like I, as some of you listeners know, I like to dig into some of this stuff. I kind of like to gamble. I like to gamble on some of these things, especially the Open Championship. Uh, Robert McIntyre. His oh, he's like 105th in the world, but he's from Scotland. He's played this course a shitload of times and he's played in two opens and he's top 10 both times. So lefty, my boy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So he could be a sleepy guy. Lucas Herbert would be a good long shot. If you're betting, I think Dylan Fratelli, you could probably get Dylan Fratelli at pretty good odds. And he got, in uh 2019 wasn't he wasn't he in it last year t6 he was t6 okay. last year and in 2019 yep. he was t32 so he's played well in, in opens um yeah so that's our over 40 in the ranking i'll go through some other right. sleeper kind of guys in a second all right let's go to the middle tier this is top 21 through 40 in the official world golf ranking so this guy's 
coming off a top five last week, uh, has played solid in his last four starts in the open championship. He scored in the top 10. Actually, I kind of, I had a deep dive a little bit. I was a little worried, but he has scored in the top 10 for links courses and strokes, strokes gain. So that is kind of measured the, the, the links he kinds of courses, um, in his last five open championships, just 14 players in the field have recorded top 10, top 15 finishes. And he's one of them. He's a top 10 strokes gained around the T uh, or sorry, around the green with tight lies and perhaps windy conditions could be a big time help on this. Um, so there's a lot to dig into. I mean, some people, I can't believe the amount of, of deep diving they do, but it's Mike's guy. I'm going to ride him. Tommy Fleetwood. His hair is going to be blowing in the wind. He's going to be having that sawed off finish. Hell He's yeah. Lots of irons off the tee, that pencil grip putter. Um, excited to see it. I could watch. I could watch Jesus of the Greens out there. <laughs> fairway Jesus. I could, I could. Fairway Jesus. I could watch him swing golf club over. Like I posted a bunch of it this week on. Like it's good. I could watch it over and over again. I just love his that's, golf. Swing. That was Tim Corlett at the quarry. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. That's a sawed off finish. I love exactly. Tommy Fleetwood. Now you know. Here's what's going to happen though. Nike's going to put him in. He's like Tony Finau. Nike's yeah. going to put him in the most god awful looking shit ever. But he'll be good. I think he. You know. He, he has been terrible this year. I don't know what's happened, but he was good. He's This is his time of year now where he starts to turn it on. Usually he's in the mix at a lot of these Lynx events. Yep. He's always around there somewhere. So that's a good pick. Well, um, this would be Tim's mid-tier pick. Uh, he just could not help himself. He had to pick a live guy. I mean, he just he's got to mm -hmm. go live. However, his guy that he picks has four top tens in his last six opens. He's known for caring about majors, um, and that's Brooks. But I do have to ask, U.S. Open 55th, PGA 55th, Masters miscut, Players miscut. Is he in a rut here with his you know, so-called major guy, or is there a new Brooks here where he's not uh, able to fire like he once was? Well, we all know that the, you know, the Brooks winning is all that matters guy is dead. He's dead. Yeah. He once he get, went live, there's yeah, no, it's not, he's playing for the money. You know, it's a major, um, you know, it really, you think about how far he's fallen. He's in the 21 to 40 world ranking right now. Um, yeah, I, it's a good, I, I could, I could totally see him winning. You know, he's a good player. You know, I, I just, whenever I think open championship, I don't think of Brooks Kepka. You know, U.S. Open, I do, where it's narrow and tight, and I just don't think Brooks Kepka. I don't know, for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. He's got tons of top tens. You know, he's got at least, I think I said four. Yeah, I mean, he's he, there. He, I mean, I, he finds a way to, to do it. I, I so. It would not shock me one bit if he won, but. All right, who's your uh, who's your mid -tier? All right, so let's go through some of these guys here that I was, that was kicking around. Shane Lowry is ranked 22nd. He would have fallen into this category. He, of course, won in 2019 at Royal Port Rush. And last year he was T12. So he's, he's, you know, he's a good player. Um, who else would be in this category? Oh, the best name in golf, Seamus Power. Um, who, <laughs> who is, by the way, this year in the majors, T27, T9, and T12. He's played really well. Yeah, and that's maybe how he snuck up. Because it's like, how is yeah. he in the top 21 to 40? But that's probably why. He's Irish, you know, he's, he's used to the kind of weather that could happen, but we're not going to take him. Um, we're going to take Mr. Excitement. You know, this could be a, this could be a boomer bust pick for me. He could, he could play really well, 
or he could be throwing clubs and F-bombing everybody. Oh, That's geez. Terrell Hatton, baby. <laughs> Terrell Hatton, who uh, in 2016, T5. In 2019, T6. So he has played well in certain um, open championships. And I'm just, I got to have one, you know, one guy that's salty out there. You know, he's yeah. going to tell you, he's going to tell you about it one way or the other, if it's good or bad. Yeah, I, I think I can relate to him on that. Gotta, he's a pro, he's a verbal processor. Oh yeah, big. Time. That's what I am. Well, my pick to win's got to be top twenty. Uh, this one for me might be more heart than brain, um, but sometimes golf comes down to feel, comes down to creativity, it comes down, you know, bouncing back from tough breaks. And this guy has four top tens in half of his Open Championship starts. He's top twenty in all of driving, putting, ball striking stats last week in the Scottish Open. He showed flashes of brilliance with a couple of his classic breakdowns. And that is the golden boy, Jordan Spieth. Oh my God. You know, I, I, I don't like when I think of Lynx golf, I just think, and, and even his U S open, you know, Chambers Bay isn't a, you know, it's not really a Lynx, but he's just so kind of creativity around the greens and shot making that he just sees it. He feels it. You know, he yeah. was on the verge. He was one stroke back last week until he took a double on the par three. He, you know, I, I some people say he's not officially back, but you know what? I've seen enough to think that he can win at the old course. He's got enough magic in him. Go get that, Mike. I, uh, oh. you know, he's, I, to me, he, uh, I'm sure he'll be bitching about something to his caddy and Under Armour will have the worst clothes for him ever. <laughs> But he Get is kind—he is kind of the epitome of, you know, how the game was meant to be played over there. He just gets it in the hole somehow. Yep. Yep. It's not pretty. It's oftentimes hideously ugly. He's got the weird swing going. I always quit doing that whole gyration thing beforehand. Uh, but you know, you think Linksy kind of creativity—he should fit the bill. Um, he has won before, although took second last year. Yep. He has won before, although that one year we had to sit through like a 35 minute shot on that only one on that one hole foot where he hit it way right. Where he hit it way right. What a what a good bogey. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, he, he should do well. He played well. He played well. It's a stretch. Now. I mean, it's a stretch. I had I had anybody I wanted in the top 20, and I went with him, but I don't know. There's something about him at, at the at Lynx course. I have a hard time passing up. So let's go well, to uh let's go to Timmy's pick. Outside, uh outside, hang on, outside of Xander who played the best in the top 20 at Scottish open was probably speed. Can't lay, I suppose. Top, yeah. He top 20 in like every, every statistic. Yeah. yeah. So, well, in classic Tim form, he really makes a stretch on this one. Uh, this guy though, I will say in a way it kind of is been the reason why it's his first crack at St. Andrews. He's off a miscut at the Scottish, but he is the world number one. Has performed pretty well in majors this year. Second place at the U.S. Open, even on the last major, and he's got to win at the Masters. That's world number one. Um, Timmy go on a limb. Scotty Chef. Yep. You know, I like Scotty Scheffler just because he's a good player. He's a little bit his swing. His swing is quirky. He wears tiger shoes and wears Jumpman socks. That's always kind of cool to me. <laughs> uh, um, but I. I keep thinking he can't keep this up, can he? But and he does. He always is in, like it's amazing to me. All year long, pretty much, he's been in contention at most things he's played other than the Scottish Open here. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And, I and I'll say this: there was a thing on social media. I think it was last year, and it was like I don't know. Somebody's just kind of walking with Scotty as he played, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna hit my high bomb here. So he just hits this high monster bomb right where 
He's like, I'm gonna hit the lowest driver you ever seen. And he hits this like lowest screamer. He's got just that handsy feely. Yeah. You know, he can hit the kind of shot that uh, creativity that we talk about. And and he's got a good head on his shoulders as well. It seems like for the most part, he's a great, he's a great chipper of the golf ball, which you need around there. Cause you're going to, you know, in the wind, even though those greens are massive and you, you know, they'll be, they'll hit a higher percentage of greens because they're big. If the wind kicks up, you will miss greens and you will have to navigate some of those swales and whatever, um, and you know, those Texas guys should play well over there. You know, Ryan Palmer played well at the Scottish open last week. You know, those Texas guys are used to tally, like you mentioned. Yeah. Hard pan, you know, windy. They're used to that. Okay. So here we go. Let's go down the list of some guys here before I give you my pick. I really, with all my heart wanted to pick Max Homa. He's 19th in the world. He played well at the Scottish open. You know what I love about Max Homa other than ripping people, you know, that ripping their swings. Max Homa is, is, is like one of us. He's like, he loves golf. Did you see that he played at the Scottish open? And then he went, then he, he played in the morning, made the cut and said, I want to go play North barrack. So he just went over to North barrack and played 18 more holes in the middle of the Scottish open. Like how awesome is that? Just a push card out there with Max. Like like he just wanted to play Lynx golf at, at North barrack, which is, you know, like the Renaissance club is the third best of those three courses there. Um, anyway, um, who else saw my list here? Zalatoris. Hard to hard to pick against Zalatoris in a ma- in a major. Like holy shit. Mm-hmm. The guy is just a machine. Um Jocko, my boy, who I see like a, who, who is on my list seemingly every week here, is 16th in the world. He got T16 at the Scottish Open. Seems like a good fit. Hits that low kind of driving yeah, golf yep, fight. Yep. Seems like a good fit. Um I really want to pick John Rom just because you picked him last week. Just that I, would that would drive me bonkers. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm gonna, you know, this is not gonna be a big pull it out of the hat guy. We're gonna go with my boy. All of the greats have won it, have won at St. Andrews, Tiger, Jack, Bobby Jones. It's Rory's time. It's his time, it's his time. He's been the spokesman for the PGA tour. He is the face of golf right now in the world, Rory McIlroy. And this is his week at worst. You know, he's going to backdoor like top five by the oh, end yeah, of he loves for doing me. That. For, okay. the, so I'm, to, to get my points here, possibly, but Rory, I'm, I'm, I am rooting so hard for Rory to win this week because I he, tried. He deserves it. He has been nothing but a class act like spokesman yeah. during, during this whole mess. And I think, you know, whatever you'll think about live. And it's probably here to stay. He has been like the spokesman for the PGA tour and the European tour, whatever. And I hope like hell he wins. So I, I was desperate. I, I threw out a couple guys on Instagram just to kind of see the voting. Yep. I throw out kind of guys I was thinking about, well, Rory did get by far the most votes. So there are people out there that I think uh, this is going to be his week. He's I went against play- that, but. He's played, he didn't play the Scottish Open. He was the only player in the top 15 and didn't play, but he's played awesome this year. Like he's been playing great. He's back oh, until I pick him. He was 13 under yeah. through like 30 holes. And then he forgot how to golf. Yeah. You know, can't lay. It was, you know, so, whatever. whatever. But, uh, that's my guy, Rory. Well, if you stuck up with us, we, we, we did do a deep dive. I mean, there's some, some people out there that might have a hard time, you know, getting the deep end of, of all this stuff. But if you love golf and you want to watch golf this week at, at one of the most iconic venues that will ever exist, you you have to have have some appreciation because you know and it's kind of been every five you know this had to be seven years since the last one 
um, just soak it all in. Get up at four in the morning. Oh, hell yeah. Get your coffee brewing. You know, I mean, it's like, this is, this is what it's supposed to be. You know, you might, you know, have to go downstairs. You might have to, you know, sleep on the couch or whatever to not, to not wake up your wife or fiance or, or girlfriend, whatever. But, you know, this week is, 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 is one of the best. So enjoy it. I know Mike and I will be, um, I'm sure we'll be chirping each other on, uh, on Instagram and whatnot with our do, picks, but, uh, I'm excited. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun, especially at your, this venue. Do your rain dance or whatever. You know, I, <laughs> I wake up every morning of this tournament every year. And then before I turn on the TV, I I'm saying to myself, God, please be windy and rainy, please be windy yeah. and rainy. Cause remember like the one year at Burkdale and Tiger shot like 81. And it was just horrific with yes. rain and wind. I, I want that every round for four straight days, but you know, what's shitty about our picks is they don't have the tea times out yet. I looked at yeah. not, the sheet. So it's like all of these picks are so dependent on the draw, depending on you could have, you know, it's not supposed to be super windy the first two days, but it could be, it could change. Yeah. And it's, everything is so dependent on that, but yeah, you got to get up in the morning. And you just got to soak it in because it's St. Andrews, baby. And it's our last major of the year, which kind of depressed me because as of right now, how golf is going, like knowing that this is the last major, it's just like, what else do we have to get up for? The Ryder Cup's never going to be the same. Chicago. You know, I I just, you know what I mean? Like, what is there to even like get excited about? Like from here on out, I I just don't have anything like, I can't wait for this or that. It's just, it's just with the, with the live popping up, it's just, there's a lot of weird dynamics. and, And so really soak this in this week, enjoy it all the way from Thursday to, uh, to Sunday. So hope you stayed with us. Uh, we'll have a lot of 3M stuff uh, next week as it's coming. Uh, PGA tour comes to Minnesota. Maybe today's the day I break 80. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold. Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80.